How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ravens lose to Kansas City 17-10 on Sunday. Let's talk about it now as we head to the WGK guest hotline. WGK Law guest hotline. Our buddy Cordell Woodland, he covers the Ravens and the Orioles for us here at the Fan. And Cordell, thanks as always for jumping on with us. And are you still a little perplexed by the offensive game plan from Sunday? Yeah, I mean, that among other things uh, that went on out there on Sunday. But, yeah, you know, when you keep going back to it and you – keep having whatever conversation you're having about the game, it always gets back to, I just can't believe they didn't run the ball more. And for me, it's, you know, the combination of all of them, you know, the running backs as well, but really Lamar. I mean, you, they, the, the quarterback design run plays, I've been saying all, all year, I've been like stealing money. And yep. It was great for them last week. Lamar had 100 yards on the ground against Houston, and you think that they would have, leaned on that uh, in this game as well. But even Lamar in certain times, you know, in some of the past plays and some of his drawbacks, he had opportunities to take off and it it just didn't happen. So it's definitely unfortunate that they weren't able to lean more on their strength. Did it appear to you that maybe Lamar was trying to compete, not just with Patrick Mahomes, but with a Patrick, a version of Patrick Mahomes that wasn't even playing that day? You know, like the the fifty touchdown Patrick Mahomes. Like I, I had a pretty good view from the upper deck, and he did not seem to really want to embrace running lanes and scrambling. He didn't really want to lean into the underneath stuff. Like he, he, he seemed to want to pat that ball and shimmy back there and for Mississippi and see what's downfield. Like it, it, it just seemed like he didn't understand the assignment. I mean, I, I think – I don't know if it's necessarily him trying to beat Patrick Mahomes by being Patrick Mahomes more so. I, I think this is kind of a internal battle that Lamar has battled with kind of this year to a degree, but at certain points throughout his career. I mean, you know, for one, you talk about some of those downfield shots, try, trying to go for the home run shots. That was kind of – what was biting them in the first half of that Houston game last week. Everything was long developing. He's holding on to the ball, looking way down the field, and everything. everybody's running routes into the clouded coverage at the time. But I think also with Lamar, I, I think at times he kind of, and, and I'm sure Rita said this as well because we, we talked about this on the podcast, you know, my thing was I think at times Lamar tries to, you know, prove people wrong or even in a sense to where, 
he he gets in a mode to where I think it's he's almost doesn't want to show that he his legs are you know his superpower. Obviously, he can beat you a variety of ways, but I think he wants to show that he can be as much of a quarterback as anybody else out there at times. And I think if he had really went out there and played like himself on Sunday, I, I still firmly believe they would have won that game. Cordell, we've seen the Ravens have the number one seed twice since 2019 and no Super Bowl appearances to show for it. How can this team get over the hump? Well, that's just a part of the game, to be honest with you. I mean, the Ravens have been the best team in the league all year, but that doesn't guarantee you anything in the end. You know, the one seed doesn't guarantee you anything. It it just, you know, it helps your path. It it gives you home field advantage. It gives you the buy in, in a sense, it gives you, you know, somewhat the easiest road to the Super Bowl, so to speak, at least seeding-wise. Um, but it's all about who's the best team that day. And I don't think Kansas City was great. I honestly don't. I don't think they were great on yeah. Sunday. I just think they did the thing, the number one thing you can't do, which is beat yourself. They, they had no smart. turnovers. They Yeah, they, they just didn't try to, out, you know, do anything outside of their element. As great as Patrick Mahomes is, he was perfectly fine in the second half of putting the football, taking a sack here and there, throwing the ball away. You know, you don't always have to hit a triple, you know, on every single play. So I, I think for them, whether they would admit it or not, they, I think are definitely offensively, they were pressing and in the first half defensively some issues as well. Um, but they played, you know, it was a different game in the second half for the defense. They couldn't get the stop that they absolutely needed mm-hmm. to have late in the game. But – you know, it, it just kind of is what it is. That's why these guys have been here six straight times and going, you know, to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in, what, five years or something like that. It's just – it's ridiculous. I'm talking to Cordell Woodland. It's Inside Access here on The Fan. John and uh, Eric DaCosta meeting with the media Friday at 11. Is there anything that you're hoping to hear from them on Friday? Um, You know, I, honestly, I'm still trying to, you know, figure that out myself right now. But sure, I mean, it'll definitely be a couple of things to get to. Uh, for John, it'll kind of still be a little bit of the carryover for the, from the game um, and maybe even some long-term things. And with Eric, you know, they've got a, quite a few guys hitting the open market this year. you got some guys that might need to hit the trade uh, block this year. Who knows? We'll see. You know, and, and a couple of key guys that they may decide to move on from and you know, you might have some changes here with Mike McDonald within the next couple of days. So this whole thing will look different. So I'm sure Eric will just be asked, you know, kind of what's his viewpoint of this upcoming offseason. Uh, anything that you picked up during clean out your locker day that was a little different or a- any way resonated uh, with you or one of these like all of these? Yeah, I mean, you know, they were still down. Mm -hmm. They were still down. It it definitely felt like, you know, I think the getting in there and seeing the trash bags at your locker and you're you're cleaning stuff out and, you know, it it starts to really hit you. I'm sure it hit them right after the game, you know, when they're setting up on the field for the Chiefs to receive the trophy and everything like that. But it it really hits you at locker clean-out day that your season is over. The NFL season comes to an abrupt end, man. You you lose a playoff game, and then that next day you're in there cleaning out your lockers, and who knows when the next time you'll see some of of these guys. So I think that was kind of the thing um, for those guys yesterday. A, still disappointed from what happened the day before, but also I think just still trying to catch up to the fact that 
this is it. You know, the, the season is truly over. We're a couple weeks away from pitchers and catchers. We were just talking uh, about the O's prior to the break, Cordell. How surprised are you that they haven't made that move, that big move that we've been expecting? Not super surprised, honestly. Um, it's, it's tough to really be surprised considering this is this is the one talking point when you talk about these guys off the field. You, you always get around to the same question. Are they going to spend money? Are they going to really, you know, go out there and try to hang with some of these big boys? And um, you see the division getting better, some big names coming into the division already. So, you know, they're not stopping. Um, and I don't, I don't think the, it's a situation where the Orioles are necessarily going to take a huge step back or anything like that. This is still going to be a good team. They still have the number one farm system in baseball. I came into the offseason feeling like most of their action would have to be done through trades. Um, I still feel that way. Kind of surprised we haven't really gotten anything to this point in that department, more than I'm surprised that they haven't been big players in in free agency. Maybe we'll see what happens as we get closer to the season or even into the season, but I think for them, they feel comfortable with their young core at the major league level, and they understand, you know, all the great prospects they have in their farm system to where they think there'll be an avenue for where it could work out for them in the long run. Cordell, when are you shaking up sports again? I'll be back tomorrow night, uh, right after you guys. I'll be on from 6 to 9, and then again uh, Thursday night from 7 to 9, and of course uh, a new episode of Win and Drive podcast coming out Friday as well. Awesome. Well, thanks, buddy. We appreciate your time as always. Thanks, guys. Coming up next, a little purple rain in the forecast. And Mike McDonald, could he be soon to walk out the door? And could other coaches be walking out the door as well? We'll discuss next here on The Fan. Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. Severe weather alert. Torrential rainfall expected. Inside access to the castle with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. I'm going with my brother, so we're going to ride with me right along, no matter what, so it's all. That's Dave Flowers saying that the play, his teammates rallying around him uh, after the fumble at the goal line on Sunday. Zay Flowers, like, he... I put him in a poll, and we got tons of polls with the Ravens because, you know, he did have the taunting penalty and he had the fumble. But, man, he showed up offensively, five catches over 100 yes, yards of touchdown. But, man, oh, man, uh, there's going to be some – he talks about guys rallying around him. Some of those guys aren't going to be here next year, and that, that includes not only players but coaches. And Mike McDonald may get a head coaching job in the coming days from either Seattle or the Washington Commanders. Yeah, he might. Um, and, look, that, that – Make no mistake that that f- the penalty was huge, and that fumble was certainly one of the differences in the game. I mean, despite all the misgivings and mistakes and the whole Todd Munkin of it all, if they punch that ball in there, man, that place is going nuts. And now Mahomes yeah. has to open it up a little bit more, and your defense is already playing with a lot of confidence. And who knows? But that certainly doesn't define that young man's season. And he is scrappy, and he's all effort. And his heart's in the right place, and and he's he's clearly um, a great young kid who made a you know had made one mistake um, out of immaturity, and another mistake out of just 
want and will. I mean, it, it happened, so you can't say it wasn't a mistake, but mm. he's he's trying to finish a drive. I prefer little guys go low, not leave their feet, but I, and I don't know what the team, you know, I don't know how they coach that or or w- what, what their policy is. Um, but I think he'll be stronger for it, and I think he's going to make a lot of big plays for this football team over time. They've got to find complementary parts around him that fit again. Uh, and as for McDonald, I, I mean, look, I still think all things being even remotely close to equal, Washington hires an odd, like, unless they Mike McDonald's offensive coordinator, who he would bring in there, completely wows the commanders. Yeah. I don't know how they're not looking. They've been looking quarterback the whole time. And realistically, who they're could that going be? to draft a quarterback? Bobby Slowitt. No, no, I mean, if Mike McDonald's. Oh, who McDonald's ace up the hole is? Like, who is it? T Martin? Like, who is it? <laughs> I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, the chances of them looking at that combination over some of the offensive guys who were still out there. Um, but, look, I'd hire him. I, I'd, I'd, I'd hire him. And maybe Seattle will as well. We'll, we'll see. Um, he deserves it. We also know if he does get that job, traditionally over the course of this franchise, they hire internally for defensive coordinator. Now, McDonald came from Michigan, but he was here. For, yeah, he was here for years, years before that. Whatever. So internal candidates, we're big Denard Wilson fans. Yep. He's gotten several interviews for defensive coordinator. Anthony Weaver, he has the title of assistant head coach. Who are you going with? I'm, I'm, look, the strength of this team was the secondary. The, sec- this, the secondary went from being a huge issue under Wink Martindale to the strength of this team and the ability to move guys around and have them thrive at multiple roles. And I, I, I think the real wizardry was in the disguise and the concepts and, and I believe in what he's established. And I'm more worried about what you'd lose on the back end if a Denard Wilson leaves versus what you might lose up front if an Anthony Weaver's like, like Chuck, like, I mean, we've been talking, Anthony Weaver's been here a minute. We've been talking about they don't develop pass rushers forever, including Matabike, who through two years, that was not what we thought it was. Certainly wasn't what Peter King thought it was going to be no, here, too. No, it was not. No. So, I mean, I, I, I'm i keeping Chuck Smith. I'm keeping Denard Wilson. If Anthony Weaver feels like it's time for him to go, then I understand that, and you can do that. But I, the strength of this team is the secondary, and and I'm leaning into that. Yeah, I, I'm with Jason. I don't think it's coincidence that Kyle Hamilton took a leap to one of the best defensive players in all of football. And Brandon Stevens, who did not have a great game Sunday, became a number one corner. Oh, and uh, Geno Stone has turned to a guy among the league leaders in uh, interceptions. Yeah, I, I would keep Denard as well. Denard should have gotten the Eagles job a year ago. And the Eagles know that now, too, because they fired the other guy before the year the year one even ended. Yeah. So And their they, pass defense was horrible. Yeah, they, they knew they screwed that up. Up. I and and I agree with him about Chuck Smith. I think that Chuck Smith has made a huge difference uh, here on this defense. Uh, so yeah, I, I I'm very curious. I keep reloading Twitter, waiting to see like who's getting these jobs because it's got to happen now. Like there's, there's nobody on the 49ers well, like, or chief staffs. McDonald's still got to meet a second time yeah. with Seattle, and then you know maybe and this comes to a, yes, maybe yeah. this comes to a head tomorrow. Um. And the commanders are still going to meet with Aaron Glenn. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would think their new general manager came from San Francisco where Slowick was. I mean, I, I would think 
that's the way this thing would go. But I also know that the guys on that plane were, <laughs> when they got word that this guy didn't want to talk to him anymore, yeah. like they didn't see that coming. No. Now they are meeting with Aaron Glenn as well, so right. they're still uh, I said that, but I don't think yeah. they're picking. I mean, no. I, I, no. look, I don't think they're picking. If they go defense, I don't think they're picking Aaron Glenn over McDonald. Sure. McDonald might get his pick of both jobs. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, coming up next, uh, Lamar Jackson. Is this now a real concern? His lack of success in the playoffs, and also we have a bunch of polls to update you on. But before we step out. Fifth caller right now, 410-583-1057. You get two tickets to see Pantera on February 24th mm. at CFG Bank Arena. That's courtesy of Live em. Nation. Call us now on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Guest and caller hotline, 410-583-1057. Hostile side access. Tosses high and intercepted off the deflection. It's Kevin Byard. And Jackson is going to come up short again. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Are now in a 21 to 6 hole. Jackson tries to sidestep. And Jackson loses the ball. Titans got on it quickly. Winner there will meet the winner of this one. Stepping in for the interception, Kenny Vaccaro. Second and 10 to the end zone again, and it is intercepted. Intercepted by Dion Bush. We just got to put points on the board. That's the, that's the thing right now. We, it's not nothing we could have did better uh, to prepare for the game. We put points on the board, and we'll be talking about something else right now. Well, the game plan stunk. But alas, yeah. uh, that was Lamar Jackson after a montage of playoff failures. Lamar Jackson now 2-4 and four in the playoffs, and save for one half against Houston, the offense has never really looked great. They mm-hmm. scored 20 points in a win at Tennessee in the 2020 playoffs. Beyond that, 10 against Kansas City, uh, 3 against Buffalo, 12 against Tennessee, 17 against the Chargers. This now feels like a thing. It's a thing for me. 17 points or less in four of his six playoff starts. That's it's a problem. Um and it's not just Greg Roman's problem anymore, or it's not just a problem endemic to a particular system, right, that had certain constraints. And and look, we championed throughout this MVP season, which was much different for Lamar than the other one. Part of the reason it was so different is because of the autonomy he he was granted. And he made took great advantage of that opportunity and seized it for most of his regular season snaps. And that's for that same reason. I've got to put a lot of the blame on him because you were empowered and mm-hmm. you can check out of things and you know 
the field and what's available and your legs better than anybody else. And he, Todd Munkin held him back, and to me, Lamar doubled down on being held back. And instead of maybe bucking that and saying, I'm just going to get this yard, I'm just going to get this first down, I'm not going to hold the ball for Mississippi and try to make a glory throw down the sidelines to a guy who's got a safety over top of him. I'm going to take off and run, and I'm going to force this defense to adapt, and then we'll see what we get into. It didn't bring like it, it didn't bring in bring out the okay. Well, I don't really like what this guy's sending in. I'm just going to take it over. He almost doubled down on. All right, well, if he's not forcing me to run the ball, and he doesn't think it's a problem that we're not running the ball, then I'm not going to run the ball. It's like everything snowballed. It, it, the way Munkin called the game to me sort of brought out some of. Lamar's worst tendencies, or certainly there weren't enough guardrails in place one way or the other to eliminate some of the worst tendencies, the padding the ball, the hanging out in the pocket too long. Like, if you want to hold the ball, okay, but then we got we to start moving up. We got to start moving out. Like, we got to get ourselves into some sort of quick hitter RPO game that at least, if you don't want to play with the mesh point in the pass game, at least, I mean, the run game, at least sell it a little bit and use that to find a quick hitter. Like, it was... Bizarre. It was unfortunate. I feel like a lot of it was self-inflicted. And yeah, regular season Lamar and playoff Lamar ain't the same. And and he's got a decent little body of work now in the playoffs. And he's got a passer rating in one playoff game that's north of 79. And that's last week against Houston mm-hmm. in which the first half was Pretty much failure. The numbers bear it out. You know, his completion percentage goes down by 7%. His yards per attempt goes by goes down by 7 tenths of a yard. His passer rating goes down by 23 points. And I'm not expecting him to be like Mahomes in the fact that his playoff numbers go up over regular season. I mean, that's, that just doesn't happen. You're going up against the best of Pretty the best. Pretty unprecedented, just but some would reasonable say. Exactly. You don't expect those numbers to fall off a cliff. And we got a poll up in regards to what we think about Lamar moving forward in the playoffs and, heck, a ton of polls. We defend the heck out of Lamar on this show, but the playoff performances have been spotty. Sunday was not good. We already know the 2024 season will be defined by how well Lamar plays in the postseason. So we ask Ravens Flock, how concerned are you by this trend? Close to 900 votes in. IA 105.7 fans, how you find all of these polls? 32.4% pretty worried. 27% a little concerned. 24.4% LJ will get his rings. 16.2% I'm freaking out. I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, at some point, he's got to be his own best advocate on the football field and and see situations for what they are and understand that this is a day where six field goals might be enough. So I've got to go the extra mile to protect the ball once we cross midfield because anything's in range for Tucker. And I can't be throwing to guys who aren't really open. Like, I can't be throwing into triple coverage. When it's a two-score game in your field goal range. Can't happen. <laughs> it can't happen. Another poll that we put out, Ravens fans, you've had a couple days to think about it. If you could only blame one person for the Ravens 17-10 loss Sunday, who would it be? Over 1,700 votes already. 41.5% Todd Munkin, 25.7% Lamar Jackson, 17.2% Zay Flowers, 15.5% Harbaugh. 
I'm shocked Harbs is bringing up the rear. Yeah, yeah. I am too. Me too. Shocked. I thought Flowers would bring up the rear, quite frankly. I thought Harbs would be in contention yeah. for one because Munkin reports to Harbs. He does. And he did tell, what did he say to Tracy Wolfson at halftime, Bon? Uh, that he wanted to establish the run. Oh, and then they ran That's, the ball how many times? Uh, not many. Yeah, they not. handed off to running backs in consecutive plays zero yeah. times in that game. Well, that, that's the anti-establish the zero. run. So Todd Munkin... It's a funny way to do it. Todd Munkin getting the blame, and we had a Munkin poll that we put out yesterday. It's final, 3,100 votes in it. Chiefs were bad versus 11 personnel runs and 21 personnel. Josh Allen and the Bills just ran all over them. Todd Munkin never activated Lamar's legs, abandoned the run game. Purdy was more impactful running than Lamar. How do you grade Munkin, Ravens, Flock? He got the Steve Saunders treatment. Wow. He got the F-, minus, 36.9%, F-34.7%, D-21.8%, and... Somehow, C six point six percent. I voted. Yeah, I don't F. know how you got to say how anybody could think that was an average performance. I, I voted F, but in my defense, I didn't realize there was an F. Oh, I voted F minus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old Steve song. Yeah. I feel a little vindicated yeah. for even putting F minus yeah. in there. Yeah, and that was doo doo. Yeah, it was bad. And there was one more talking about Lamar. Lamar Jackson will win another MVP, deservedly so. But the Ravens uh, on Sunday was rough. Poor decision-making, forcing throws, no quick game, holding the ball too long and not activating legs sooner outside the pocket. Turnovers, difference in the game. How would you grade this outing, Ravens flock? Over 3,700 votes in this one. 43.4% D, 29.4% F, 23.7% C, 3.4% B. Yeah, it was a dog for me. Mm. Oh, on you have your poll, bum. I I do have my poll, and yesterday definitely one of the toughest Ravens losses. What? Nothing. Losses in franchise history was it the worst? Don't lose your poll, bum. We have a lot of polls. Don't yeah. don't yeah don't don't misplace that yeah. like your laptop. Yeah. Was it the That's much more difficult to yes. replace? Was it the worst? Over seventeen hundred votes. Maybe some recency bias here. Twenty uh, Sunday versus the Chiefs, forty point seven percent. Twenty eleven AFC Championship against the Patriots, thirty three percent. Divisional round versus the Titans in twenty nineteen, nineteen point eight percent. And the Colts playoff game in 06, 6.5%. percent. I was referring to your TMI poll. Oh, the TMI. Yeah, well, that was yeah. that was a TMI poll from yesterday. Yeah. We we have a lot of polls. Bones got polls all over the place. Got hey, polls man. in different area codes. Yes, Ravens came <laughs> up small in another playoff game. Is there a missing uh, piece personnel wise that they need, or is it simply just a lack of execution slash poor game plan? Lack of execution, eighty eight point eight percent. Missing piece, 11.3. BFD tonight? BFD. You well, know we'll it. We'll come BFD. back. We will preview tomorrow's show. We'll get you the text of the day and get you ready for BFD. Bone Overdrive at 6. Full You're blown. On the fan. Yes. Oh, the Bobby Depot. Yeah. Oh. On the other side. We'll do that on the other uh, side. Okay. That's a tease. Inside Access Runner Fan. We're done at six, but don't change that dial because BFD's coming Bone up ain't at going six nowhere. o'clock. Yeah, and he's, he's locked in. Yeah, Bone Overdrive coming up at six o'clock. He's got another poll up as he's well. He's full blown. He's got I another poll blown. up. He, yeah. just, he just added a poll. Well, this for me, but <laughs> no coaches show. Yeah, no, co- no coaches. That Glenn, was yesterday. Are Glenn and Reed? Oh, today Wednesday. Glenn, no, I thought today's Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. Isn't that usually when the coaches show? Well, basketball it varies. Yeah, yeah it's oh. different scheduling. Playing every was Saturday. A Tuesday thing. Like, My bad. No, yeah. no, no. Shows what I know. Yeah. Right. But yeah, we got BFD. 
Six to seven. You sound we'll, all fired we'll up put, about it. We'll put a bow on the season that was. Here's some sound from the locker room clean out. Go around the NFL. Some coaching news that you know we've been talking about. Take a couple of your phone calls. No crutches? It'll be a lot of fun. I have only been crutched once this mm. this season. If Did you, you will, see a doctor for that? Uh, no, Are you impinged no, this time? Uh, yeah. No, I was not impinged. <laughs> Cordell sat in once with me. Ah. You know, there's there's got, been no Ryan Ripken BFD this year. I, he was at the station last yeah, week. I yeah. said, hey, man. Uh, well, tomorrow, you know you right? Open, he's, open he's, invitation. He's, he on the, uh, he's on he's the lineup card he's tomorrow. tomorrow. Remember, you know, thinking of Ryan Ripken, remember the time he, he sort of asked Ryan to, uh, about buying him dinner and then he backed out of it? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, he inferred yeah. he was going to buy Ryan dinner yeah. and then let himself yeah. off the hook. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. What what had Ryan, happened? Ryan was like the nicest human alive. What, what had, of course, that don't bother. Exactly. Yes. What yeah. had happened was yeah. he was playing basketball after BFD, yeah. so he didn't want, didn't want you a know, full stomach. He didn't want that all sloshing around. Mm, yeah, he was going to buy a pizza. Anyway, let's get the text today. Check one, two. Check. Check. All right, guys, I think this is actually going to be a discussion we're having tomorrow as well. Uh, with This comes from Kyle in Bel Air, uh, with the Ravens having a lot of financial decisions in the upcoming offseason. Do you think it's more important for either Marcus Williams or Marlon Humphrey to take a pay cut, both of whom were big disappointments this season? Mm. Marcus Williams, he's got $5 million fully guaranteed yeah. for his base salary next year. Yes, he does. Uh, I'm, I'm going Marlowe on this one, but I, I think I'm kind of like... I'm cool with whatever. Yeah, but somebody's going to have to. They're kind of in the same boat for me. There's a barber shop at the castle, and there's going to be some guys getting haircuts. Ronnie, Marlon, Mr. EDCs. He's got the razor out. You want to fade? No. You're getting one anyway. (laughs) If you're staying around here, we're going to take a little off the top, a little off the sides. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't really a question. That was a statement. You're getting a fade. Yeah. Nah, that's. Somebody needs a haircut. There's going to be some haircuts given out because they're also going to they're going to write it. Yeah, I'm I'm almost due. I, I, it starts to look like a wig. That's when I get my haircut. But uh, yeah, it, it uh, the might, mighty shop is going to have to. Wasn't that the place in uh, uh, coming to America where the, the haircut place? Oh, <laughs> did it have a name? I don't yeah, know. I think it was called. I'm trying to think, I think it was Mighty Shop. But anyway, oh, you guys got to go to Bobby DePaul's oh, Twitter. Yep, bring it up. Yeah, uh, what is it? It's at Bobby underscore DePaul. D E P A U L. He he's threatening to to do a couple more segments with us, but the people are going to decide. And right now, they're letting him off the hook, aren't they, Bo? Yeah, and, and we're letting ourselves down. Yeah, Ravens fans. I received a call from one hundred five seven asking if I could take the time from my vacation mm-hmm. to come on the radio. It was a text, but okay. Well, let me yeah. know what you think. Oh, throwing you under the bus. Just keeping it real. Yeah. Stay on vacation. Sixty three point three percent. I think people just don't want to. They don't want Bobby D. They What's up with that? It. I don't know. Huh? Full, they can't handle the truth. He put full blown, full blown on his own roster autopsy. Twenty percent. One show and happy hour, 16.8. I voted the full-blown all-time. I voted full-blown. I, full I, I would take I, one show, though, would be good. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds me. I mean, can we... One segment, I mean. Or, yeah. you know, can one, we override the poll? I, you, I don't know. You, you're the AI guy. Yeah. <laughs> can we create some Speaking bots? Speaking of which, I heard Monk and I heard Monk. Top I heard, AI Monk I heard tomorrow. angry AI Monk. He's got some things to say to the haters tomorrow. AI Monk That's going to be an eagerly awaited yeah. TMI with angry Monk. 
Hey, uh, what are we got on tomorrow's show, Bob? Nothing's going to beat what I just teased. Yeah, yeah. Well, what yeah. is that? Is that around 5.15? 5.15. Angry Todd Monken. Melissa Kim is going to be joining She'll us. She'll be angry as well. Tim Murray. No, Melissa's always in a good mood. Tim Murray. Get our best bets with him. Ryan Ripkin. Cut from oh, the same cloth. Yeah. Mike DeVito. Get his reaction Chiefs. from the Chiefs, yeah. uh, Chiefs big dub. I'm curious. He was a defensive player watching that Ravens offense. Curious to get his thoughts oh, on that. I, yeah. I got a feeling I know what he's going to yeah. say. Hey, but coming up next, BFD. And this is B, we're BFD and it's opening day, right? That's the yeah, uh, that's a word on the street? Yeah, it's opening day. Huh? Love it. Yeah. Fired up for you, Bone. <laughs> I'm living vicariously through you. BFD <laughs> is next. It's a sad life. Oh, man. It's a sad, sad no, life. Things yeah. are looking up. Maybe a remote. Maybe. I heard Maybe there was a, a glue girl alert. <laughs> yeah. Glue girl alert. Glue girl alert. Maybe. Uh, that's next here on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.